have a very old home and we've been struck by lightning a few times. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And I'm Chris. And this is Fools with Tools, the podcast for the messy misdemeanors. So, gentlemen, how are we? How is everyone? Mr. Cash, how the devil are you? Ben fucking tastic. <laughs> Honestly, that's how I am. That's what you Good. like that all the time. You like to hear. Yeah. What have you been up to? Just chugging along. Things are normal. I mean, I mean, they're not normal, but I'm making them normal in my little world. You know, I'm just yeah. keeping. We work in the shop seven days a week. Still, nothing's changed. We just really don't go anywhere and whatever. I mean, just yeah. You put out a podcast. Maybe mention that. Uh, yeah, we did. Me and Maniac Roy are doing a podcast called Axe and Iron. That's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. We're having a good time doing it. There's no format. We just go in there and like shoot the shit with guys that we don't know. And our main objective was to uh, have a guest on every week, which seems to be working out pretty well. Yeah. So, five yeah. episodes in now? With five ben? episodes in, yeah. Yep. Nice. I can't wait to listen to Ben. I, yeah. I've been holding off listening to Ben until I get some serious time to just listen to the episode, but Ben's one of my new favorite people. Oh, yeah, man. He's good. He's a good guy. I love him. I must admit, the, uh, the one with uh, Chris Zappon, it was yeah. fucking brilliant. Like, <laughs> there was so many times I was just stopping like what I was doing. Like, fucking yes, Chris is right. What? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that's I, a that's a lot of what I wanted to bring to it too. And like Roy, I don't know if anybody doesn't follow Roy, Vintage X works. He's a fucking maniac, and he says whatever. He does not censor himself at all, and that is the kind of thing that I wanted to bring to like people's ears was the way that people really talk. Like shit isn't <laughs> sugarcoated. Like we've all four of us have been together in person, and you don't you don't really sugarcoat anything when you're talking to people in person. So that's how I wanted the podcast to be like, we're not hiding anything. We're just like, blah, whatever comes out of your mouth. Well, yeah. I wish you would have told me that before the first episode. Cause I walked on eggshells the entire time. <laughs> no, you did. You were fine. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for doing that because we called Brett at like, well, it actually wasn't that late. It's his time, but not the like, first one. Yeah. We, well, Brett did two episodes with us, which were both amazing. Which the first one I honestly thought was a little better because you and Roy didn't know each other, and you guys were talking back and forth, and it was like I wasn't even there, which was great. But no, thank you for coming on um, on the first episode, and it was good sure. and it's fun and it's like growing, and the feedback that we're getting is st stupid amazing, which I didn't even think would be that. Like I was just doing it for a couple guys that I know that are pretty real, and we're tired of listening to bullshit. And they were like, they had you, right. and that was it. <laughs> they had you guys, and that was it. Like, it was, I mean, Jeff and the Knife Talk guys, like, it's pretty uh, topic specific. So, yeah, you guys are kind of all over the place, and that's where we wanted to be. The only difference was we just wanted to have, like, a person on every week because yeah. there's a lot of fucking kick-ass people out there mm -hmm. that don't get a microphone, and that's what I was trying to do. Just, like, put a mic in front of somebody and be like – Tell us what's up. Tell us your story, and yeah. So we're having it's, fun. It's a really nice way that you uh, you're doing it because it's not like a traditional like formal interview sort of podcast. It's just you're just shooting the shit and seeing where the it conversation is, goes. 
100% just shooting the shit. So much, in fact, that by the third episode, I had to tell Roy to start muting his microphone when he gets up <laughs> and walks around the entire goddamn house, does the dishes, lets his dog out, <laughs> all that shit. But no, it's okay. good. We're at, I mean, it's fucking dog on TikTok getting like a million subscribers. Okay, let's not, don't add to that, Steve, okay? Uh, let's <laughs> not, don't encourage You're not me. helping this. <laughs> You're not helping things at all. Roy's Roy's funny. He's funny. I like him because he doesn't he doesn't pull any punches and that's Roy and that's the way he is and he doesn't he does not give a yeah. shit, which is great. And that's how I more mean, people should be because there's like too many guarded individuals in this world and you just yeah. need to like be yourself. Cause it, and a lot of what it came from was uh I travel all around the country and I meet all these people that are like uh say like influencers or youtube personalities and they suck in real life and they're great on camera and i've met tons of people like that and uh yeah it was just time for like that talk hasn't been that talk hasn't really happened on the podcast yet but yeah there's i'm here to tell you people that people don't aren't aren't really like that in real life trust me i know (laughs) (laughs) i uh i definitely Definitely want to uh, message Roy and give him some, give him some shit about uh, saying basically all European axes are boring and shit. Because I'm not yeah. sure I agree with that. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, he's pretty stuck in his uh, <laughs> good old boy American ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love his. I love you know having the discussion about handles. And how nice, straight, strong grain versus uh, making basically an S out of some wood and being like, it's great. looks fantastic. It'll look great yeah. on the wall. That's who I sell it to is on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. I had, well, I had to tell him. Al, do you follow him at all? No, I don't. Steven? Uh, okay. Well, don't, uh, don't. He's not in his top 200. Okay. Why. Don't worry about following him because he's not worth following. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> he does this psychopathic looking thing. And I told him the other day, I'm like, you got to stop doing that. He's like, I don't give a shit. Where he <laughs> takes oil and he wipes it on the head of his axe like a freaking Hannibal Lecter looking <laughs> son of a bitch. And he looks into the camera like he's looking into your soul as he's wiping axe. <laughs> axe oil on top i'm like dude stop looking like a psychopath when you wipe oil on your axes for instance i don't know it's funny it's hilarious shit and then he mentioned butter bath uh, in the in the latest episode did you hear that steve did you listen to that benster episode I'm not I, was like, to it yet. I was like what the fuck is a butter bath apparently a butter bath is a thing <laughs> i don't know fucking anyway enough about me i missed all three of you guys thank you so much for having me on Oh, Love you pleasure, man. I hate that you guys live so goddamn far away, but <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, what have what have all three of you been up to? I'll tell you what, Brett, seeing as you were on the show, why don't you go next? Because it kind of links in. What? That's Segway. a good line of reasoning. I got it. That's legit. There we go. So I did a little follow-up video for the shave horse that I made, mostly based on the realization that i didn't show off how it works again yeah um and it's not like i got a a ton of comments about it but there were just a few that popped up you know pretty early on uh after i posted the video they were like it's great but i don't know what it does and you're like oh shit that's right there are people that have no idea what this piece of equipment is um 
So it was a little opportunity given that things are pretty slow to, you know, get the hand tools out. I made a spoon spatula thing and it was great. It was a, it was a nice little afternoon during the nice, nice weather and a little video. I actually put some plans together. I've never really done that before, but I drew up some plans and uh, got to sing my praises for the Shinto rasp. Like actually call it out in a video and be like, this is the fucking best tool. Please just go and buy this thing. It's great. Yeah. Um, which immediately your ears uh, spoke shave and uh, draw a knife <laughs> this is the best tool <laughs> yeah um, it was really silly though I got a few messages through Instagram of people just being like uh, I just bought one or like I, I gotta get one now I'm like okay good great um, it is good to have gotten out of video um, while things are in the state that they are but the game plan from here is to actually start building the the little workshop on the property. Yeah. Um, I've just been messaging a handful of different people that are experienced in framing out workshops or, or you know small little barns and things like that. And our friend Justin Dietrich, Dietrich, Dietrich. Mm-hmm. Um, I met him up at Jimmy's, and I I was chatting with him back and forth. He was giving me a bunch of options and stuff, which was just a reminder of like, oh yeah, I know people that do this for a living. Maybe I just ask them rather than knocking a bunch of wood together and uh, doing a bad job. So Justin's got so much knowledge. Yeah, he's dude. He's super knowledgeable, and of course, it was uh, he had he asked me to just send him some like general dimensions or, or what I was planning on doing. And he sent me back not only like the, okay, here's effectively how you do it, but here's five options and also uh, cost benefit between these two materials and what you could do here to offset these things and kind of went above and beyond just to give me some advice. So I appreciate that. Um, the weather is really starting to change, which is going to make working outside a lot easier because it does get super windy. And yes, Al, I'm talking about the weather. Apologies. But um, it gets crazy windy out here some days. And I'm sure you know from your experience building the workshop, Al, but um, it, trying to put up any kind of sheeting or put the roof on, which is going to be a hassle and a half uh, in some pretty crazy wind. I've just been kind of holding off because I've been told that March is pretty rough, but it gets a little bit better into April. Anyway, uh, the game plan is get the workshop done and then I can, you know, actually move some of the shop stuff and, and be able to work over at the house. I still don't have power because that is all caught up in not being able to talk to anybody because they're either their doors are shut or they're not doing office visits right now i don't know just like general logistics are are slowing things down a bit but totally fine um i'm really excited to get the workshop put together though because it everything starts to get a lot more real in terms of like setting up the forge again getting the anvils going like being able to hit metal again it's closing in the time is closing in and i have some fun ideas for the video itself for the workshop build out and then um, I think like we talked about last episode, I've been trying to fill up a lot of my time with like pre-planning or pre-production, a lot of notes on, you know, prioritizing builds for the future for either my own channel 
or just other things around the home that will need to be done in terms of like, you know, oh, I have a bathroom, but there is no toilet paper holder. Okay, I should probably sort something like that out. That's um, going to be a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so timing is great right now. They don't use toilet uh, paper in California anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting though. You know, the, the main thing... Just wipe them out. There you go. The main thing that I have to focus on uh, or keep on the radar is the power situation. Like, yeah. uh, just with talking to a handful of the offices that I've had to do for coding and zoning in the area, it sounds like there, there's basically two options. One, it's either it works out and it's really easy and they just run a power cable to the house <laughs> and I'm like, good to go. The other side of that is like, they have to put in a pole or two, which are like 10 grand a piece. And I don't know how that's going to happen, but <laughs> uh, we'll sort it out, you know, cross that bridge when we get there. I think there's going to be something fun about the challenge of, of making stuff without power sources, like dedicated power sources. Ben is obviously has a lot of these goal zero and solar powered things that will, might be a fun little addition to to borrow for a day and see what i can run off of solar and it'll actually probably sorry make welder yeah (laughs) oh god i asked him actually if if you could do something like that and he was like i think honestly if you daisy chained because you can daisy chain them together if you daisy chain like four or five together you might be able to run one for a period of time which would be silly just to have like a bunch of battery banks set up and a welder um but yeah, it's all, you know, I've, I'm getting very excited and, and hopefully going to start working on the workshop either today or tomorrow. I'm not sure how long it's going to take because it's quite small, but I also don't want it to fall over. So I want to build it properly. I am genuinely excited for you. Same. Thank you. What did I tell you? What did I tell you the other day? I told you, show me more <laughs> of this place. I want to see more. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. what a, what a, I mean, I know it's a nightmare for you, like with this, everything that's going on right now and trying to get all the paperwork and logistics and all that crap sorted out. But what a dream to have like a pretty much blank canvas. I mean, I know you have to build within guidelines and all that shit, but it's kind of cool. Dude, I'm yeah. Like the more real it gets, the, the yeah. I think the workshop, the reason I'm talking so much about the workshop is like, that is the first step to creating like a livable, workable space. Like it will be mine. And yes, I have to work within California guidelines, which are silly, right. but I've never had that option before. Yeah. I Nowhere that I've lived in my adult life have I been able to even, like maybe I could have painted the walls somewhere, yeah. but I never wanted to, <laughs> yeah. let alone something like this where, you know, I have to build this small workshop to stay within coding guidelines because even though there's a 20 foot by 20 foot concrete pad if i built a shop on that i have to pay six thousand dollars in coding fees to get it and then somebody has to come out and assess it and all these things whatever so i can build a small one for the time being but it means that i have a workspace right next to the place that i will effectively be living and everything that i build in the workshop will make its way into the house and vice versa you know i'm yeah. i'm just i'm so excited for that and having all this like random desert acreage yeah. and backyard which is like 
okay, well, I don't really have to worry about sod or watering a lawn. So what can I do with a sand pit effectively? Yeah. <laughs> Underground um, bunker. Right? <laughs> I said I want to bury I want to bury a storage container. Right. And and be able to crawl down into it and have like an underground bunker situation. I think it would be Heaven. so fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited. It's just you know it's baby steps. Obviously, I wish I had fucking fifty thousand dollars to just go right. What can we do for the next three months to make this thing happen? But it's going to be a slow and steady. And yeah, I bought a property in uh, Amsterdam, and basically because the the mortgage was like one-fifth of what I was paying rent. So it was, yeah. it was like a no-brainer. Um, and I was like, fuck yeah, this is amazing. I can knock these walls down. I can move that door. I can do this. It's like, no, Al, you live on the 12th floor of an apartment block. You ain't doing shit. <laughs> 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 it's oh, like, shit. I, I literally couldn't change anything. I was like, and then also there's the, the, the other thing, which is you don't have any money, so you can't change yeah. anything. <laughs> like, there you go. But I could because it's mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I discovered that in a hard way by uh, <laughs> when I moved into this place. I ripped out the old kitchen and uh, and like the entrance hall because I was going to swap it around and turn mm. the kitchen into a second bedroom and all this. So I ripped out the kitchen and then went, oh, fuck, I can't afford to buy a kitchen. <laughs> fuck. Just going to put spent, that back. Yeah, spent three years just using a plug-in stove. It was fucking horrible. I have to, I have to ask you something. You yes. have bunk beds. Do you and Jess, like, switch? Like, I'm on top, <laughs> I'm on top tonight. That? What is that? You have bunk, is this a bunk bed? That's, it's a cabin bed. So that's, that's high up in the air, but then there's going to be a desk underneath it. Oh, okay. That Jazz can do a leather work in that under the desk. But this is the spare room. So this is I was where... like, I've heard of some odd sleeping situations. <laughs> <laughs> they're a very they're a very uh, progressive couple. They are, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what about what about uh Al, you've been quite busy. Yeah, so um just <clears throat> on the back of uh Chris's butter bath, um I had like a <laughs> a, 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 a a beef fat bath. Uh, a beef bath. Right. You know, you want to say be- beef bath. A beef. A be- I had a beef bath. Um, <laughs> That's so, come now. It's got to be beef bath. <laughs> Are you thinking like I the bottom half know. of a cow, like hollowed out with the legs? Oh my god! I have to know. Keep going. I got to know what this is. Um, so I, I posted a video this morning, which was about um, basically about making gravy, but a really long form video about making gravy. Um, and it was all roasting down the bones and rendering out the fat and stuff. So I got a load of beef fat out of the bones. Um, and then I was using that for like industrial purposes. So like, I think even to this day, like they still use, um, like beef tallow in steel manufacturing process. Yeah. Might be wrong. They, they still use tallow in yeah. Uh, money. Yeah. So like, yeah. You know, your 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 cold rolled steel is not necessarily vegetarian, which I'm um, <laughs> So yeah, so I, I um, like using yeah. the the animal fat to kind of um, to to treat the the metal, the hot metal, so give it a bit of a finish was really nice. Um, and then like grinding down the bones and and polishing them and treating them and handling some some utensils with bones was just super nice. Just like I I need to ask about this. You you actually use wood filler in them. Fuck yeah. Fucking brilliant. I have never seen <laughs> Well, like, no, it's, it's two bar epoxy. It's no different than like car body filler. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's, it's the fact that it's filler. Like, yeah. I, 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 it's, 
Wait, is this a video? Is this a video you put up this morning on YouTube? Yeah, it was like super early this morning, so you guys Why are probably in bed. Why does YouTube suck at notifications? <laughs> YouTube Dude, sucks man. at notifications. <laughs> like they push this ring the bell notification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even get a notification when we upload a video to our own yeah. channel. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, like, supposed to video. He'll come home and be like, "Would you uh, come to the shop?" He'll be like, "What'd you think of the video?" I'm like, "What video?" He's like, "I'll put a video up." And like, "What?" I'm like, "Fucking YouTube." <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. One thing well, I want to say on that to your audience, because a lot of the audience that you guys, uh, you know, Fools of Tools group, they have a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, a lot of people that are producing YouTube videos, stop being so damn secretive with your YouTube videos because <laughs> I genuinely want to watch them and you're so secretive that I don't even know when you release it. <laughs> so, to all you people out there, <laughs> showing little hints and little pictures and thumbnails, just say, the video's up, Chris. There's a and video out! <laughs> Thank you. And I will go watch your video. <laughs> Tell Brett that all the time. Stop being so goddamn secretive. Just tell him when the video's up. <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a notification set up on my phone uh, where anytime I upload a video, it automatically reminds me to message Chris. Yep, and it works. Nice. Like your first viewer. It's yeah. <laughs> I genuinely exactly. like watching everybody's videos. I don't have like a preference to where I go, but I want to know when the video's uploaded. <laughs> yeah like i'm subscribed to al i didn't know he had a damn video out i had to come on a podcast so that i knew he had a video out <laughs> anyway steve uh well uh, was that it al yeah you don't okay. watch the video no i just definitely <laughs> going to watch the video <laughs> it will be worth if it will be worth it just to decode the beef bath yeah. We talk about underrated craftsmen in like in the community and shit. You know, like we see people on Instagram. You're like, oh, that guy's work is so good. But he... Al is the most underrated video production motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> His videos are so funny. They're so good. So yeah. To all you people listening to this podcast, go watch Al's videos because they are fucking amazing. <laughs> Fucking yeah, it would it be funny so... to know how many people listen to this podcast that aren't subscribed to Al. They're just like, I like listening to him talk, but I don't <laughs> want to watch his videos at all. Didn't know he had a YouTube channel at all, but they listen to the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> no. So this guy doesn't know to... what he's talking about, <laughs> but I like his voice. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, I love it. Um, yeah, uh, I, I I've not really been up to much. Um, Shocker! Been... <laughs> <laughs> took Murphy no, you, on a you, walk. You had a nice birthday meal and a nice uh, the bog Murphy and a nice... the bog master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to explain to Chris what a bog it is. No, no, no! You didn't have to explain to Chris. <laughs> you have to explain to everybody what a bog is. <laughs> because I talked to Brett the other day, and he says. Steve says, oh, hang on, because I was video chatting with him. He goes, oh, hang on, I'm on, I'm on the bog, or I'm at the bog, or something about the bog. And I'm like, oh, it's, I've seen him take his dog there. It's like that beautiful place. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. What like a he, quagmire. What's he mean he's on the bog? So then he picks up the phone, and he says, oh, no, that's the shit. Up. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, no. 
And then Brett, <laughs> Brett didn't know what the bog was either. I had to call no. Brett and be like, what is the bog? But I told Steve, I told Chris I'd make him a bog spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Like you sat on the shitter and someone is voice uh, video chatting you and you're like, do do I answer? And I figured we were close enough. So let me tell you something. If it ever happens to me, you're 100% getting picked up on while I'm on the shitter. (laughs) Just so you know. I mean, from this angle, Chris, you probably couldn't tell if you were on the shitter right now. (laughs) Exactly. Look. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, I'm just sitting on the couch. But yeah, pick the fucking oh, we, Steve. We slept in a room together where the bathroom door physically wasn't like like even there. <laughs> yeah, no, you had to push the wall out to get the bathroom door to open and shut. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, that's kind of it for me. Like, I, I really taking haven't... shits, walking the dog, and <laughs> eating. Yeah, it's, it's been fucking great. No, I, we, I obviously with everything that's going on, we're kind of on shutdown. Um, the the workshop is still kind of going, but hi, dog, the horse, <laughs> the horse. Dog appears on the camera. Sorry, everyone listening. Uh, yeah, no, uh, so the workshop kind of shut down uh i'm doing a little bit of what i can from home um but not a huge amount i'm waiting for some uh parts to come in so i can get my gas forge up and running and potentially be doing some production work from my workshop um so like as close to working from home as you can do as a blacksmith but uh that's what i was going to ask you how far is your actual shop from your house uh it's like a five minute walk so i can still go down and work down there i've been down I'm down there again tomorrow just like some shit out practice stuff um uh, and i'm doing a few little bits uh, for myself like building that desk for jazz and things like that and um, it's yeah it, it's not been or it's not it's not set up for doing production work so i've just got to basically sort everything out and tidy it up a bit but um so yeah so that's kind of it um which segues awfully into our conversation we were going to have because basically before we started the podcast we spent a good like three four hours uh <laughs> chatting shit with Chris. <laughs> and uh and we were talking about some, some dodgy stories we've all kind of got and uh yeah we we're just going to kind of riff on that for a bit so chris you said that you had a good one that happened in the last day or so do you want to start with that one i can't did you get the other one uh well, you, can, you can do that oh, if you want okay so uh i had this friend that did some <laughs> federal time hello dog Back off. <laughs> so, so everyone listening there's this fucking horse of a dog just stood right in front of the camera just staring at <laughs> that's, like, the, why small, that's the small dog so i had a friend that did some uh time in the federal penitentiary and he uh, changed his life around. He got out and he met me. And he couldn't believe that somebody could just sit in their shop all day and make a living. Because obviously you would have to do something illegal to make a living, right? Just leave the penitentiary. <laughs> That's where his mind was. But anyway, um, so he worked with me for probably two years. And he'd be over there every night and... Uh, I released the YouTube video with the Dragon Twist. I was getting a bunch of comments. And he came in the shop one day. He said, hey, I said, I watched your video and I was reading the comments. And I was like, oh, yeah. He goes, yeah, is there any way we can, like, 
um, figure out where these people are. And I'm like, what do you, what do you, what does that even mean? I don't even know what you're talking about. He's like, yeah, you know, like where they live and stuff. He's like, cause there's some guys on there saying some pretty stupid shit. And I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 wait a second. I'm like, we can't, you can't physically go to somebody's house. And he genuinely like looked me in the eye and was like, well, why not? He's like, this this guy has Virginia in his name, so I know he's not that far from here. He's got to be in Virginia somewhere. I'm like, we are not searching the United States for people that left shitty YouTube comments. As much as I'd love to do that, and that was exactly what he wanted to do. And uh, uh, I was like, no, we geez. can't do that. And he couldn't understand the reasoning behind me saying, no, we can't do that. He, he, he was just kept, why? Why not? Because in reality face-to-face when somebody talks shit about you or says something you know stupid there's repercussions not on the internet though obviously but yeah Yeah. so that was it that was the end and and i just had to tell him no we can't go knock on somebody's door (laughs) and hit them upside with the head with the stick or something (laughs) you can't do that (laughs) that's the internet you don't read the comments people yeah but yeah, that's yeah. lesson number one. You just you don't don't look at the comments. I know, but it's like it's so I, Jesus running this channel and all those people on there. It's just like I don't see how you guys do it. Yeah, I guess because I would never have the audacity to leave a shitty comment. Like no matter how shitty the video was, I don't think I've ever done it. I don't know why people just. I think it's just those fuckers are so empty inside they have to leave your shitty comments. <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't have anything else going on, so it's like they know uh, better. Obviously, they're they're, I mean, they're absolutely clearly. perfect. It's because there's no filter as well. Like you, you watch like yeah. a movie that's shit, or you listen to like a, a record that's shit, and you're like, well, that was shit. Right. So you're in that mentality. So you watch a video on the internet, and you're like, oh, that was shit. Yeah. <laughs> why, didn't you, why didn't you do it that way? Oh, yeah. I hate your voice. Like, but yeah. they don't realize it's a direct link to, to the one yeah. person that made that thing. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. what's what's great about that? I love that you brought that up because I told them I said, "Hey, you know, it's not my channel; it's Matt and Ilya's channel." Yeah. But yeah. I I'm becoming part of it, and I said, "Hey, do you care if I respond to some of these people?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> he's like, "It'd be great, you know. It, uh, you know, interaction would be cool." And he's like, "Okay, uh, that's fine." I was like, "Okay, I'll." start responding to some of them. <laughs> Inter- I like, like how you call it interaction. <laughs> well, what I found out, this is very interesting, just like you said, when, when they don't realize they're talking to the actual person, is what I found out is when you make it real and you respond to them, like when they say something shitty yeah. or they're yeah. like, oh, why'd you make that that way? That's not how you make that. And I'm like, I'm just like, I'll respond just like I was talking to them, like in person. It's like, oh, yeah. we did it this way because that... And then they just like completely either shut down. Like I had people delete their comments last week, like <laughs> shitty comments that they said to us that I didn't respond shit in a shitty way. I just responded like in my normal way. And the guy like completely deleted his comments. And I thought that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, if, if you actually speak to someone like, like a person, rather than just going back all angry going, no, fuck you. You're stupid. And you have, the silly voice shut up <laughs> right. Like, it, right they're just gonna get aggressive back whereas if you're like well thank you very much for your comment i i'd like to like you to know that that's actually really hurtful and i, I feel personally attacked right now yeah and they're gonna go uh, oh fuck i didn't yeah. think that you're an actual person right when you make it real i found that it's it's happening over and over and over once you make it real like people say something about the camera shit they'll be like 
oh, you guys could have lit that better. That that shot should have been <laughs> slowed down. And I'm like, it's one guy with a camera. I'm like, yeah. oh, no. it's not a 12-person production team with thousands of dollars of lighting. It's like, yeah. shut up. It's We're like, shooting... I, I, I'm filming this whole thing on less than $1,000. Like, shut exactly, the fuck up. Exactly, exactly. That shit just like... I'm a strong believer. If you would never say it in person, there's absolutely no reason to spend your time typing it out. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. But I understand there's a lot of people living in basements yell- <laughs> yelling at their mom, yelling at their mom to bring them more Mountain Dew and Doritos. I get it. The basement yet. He's still waiting. Yes. For the storage <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so what was the what was the one from this week then? What dumb shit oh, did you get? Oh, so to? this week, a couple, two days ago, we're like with everything going on, you know, let's go outside and and during the summer, I like going to the river. I like to live on the river. We're only a couple miles from the river, so we go take a walk on the riverbank, and it's not all weedy and there's no briars or you know thorns growed up yet, so you can walk anywhere because nothing's growing. Or bogs, <laughs> yeah. so nothing's grown up yet. So we took a long walk down the river, me, and my wife, and a buddy of mine. And this guy, like, we're way down this path, and this guy just like appears out of nowhere. And I'm like, we're all looking at him, like it was a pretty Bush man. It was a pretty treacherous walk back there. Like we had to cross some logs yeah. above the river and stuff. And he's walking up to us, and he has his, he's got his hand behind his back. Like very weird and suspicious. So my first like I'm like I jump up in this tree and I grab this huge branch out of the tree. I like break it (laughs) off the side of the tree. My wife's looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? Because I see this guy walking up to us with his hand behind his back and it just looks weird as hell. So he walks up and he gets probably like, I don't know, 30 feet, you know, hey, how you doing, buddy? Good. I'm like, all right. Why are you like? Why are you walking up to us? And I kept looking at his hand, and I couldn't tell what he had in his hand. But anyway, I had the stick in my hand, and we we were just chatting. And he's like, "Oh, I used to live here thirty years ago. Do you guys come here a lot?" Just asking very, very strange questions. Yeah. And and I'm like, "Yeah, we come down here. We go fishing a lot. We walk the river. You know, when it's not grown up in the springtime and everything." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I used to come down here a lot. What kind of fish do you guys catch?" And I'm like what the hell? This is such a weird interaction to have with somebody that has their hand behind their back. So long story short, he just has a can behind his back because he's picking up trash. And I guess he was embarrassed that he was picking up trash. But the way he approached us, like, don't hide the trash behind your back. (laughs) You almost got a lump on the side of your head for hiding that trash. <laughs> so, yeah. When you walk up to people you don't know people, don't have your hands behind your back yeah. like a dodgy bastard. <laughs> you just had a PBR. I didn't want you to see it. Yeah. No, it was yeah. like, it was just rust, like dirty garbage. And I'm like, and he's sitting there the whole time hiding this garbage behind his back. And it was the sketchiest looking thing ever. And his, the guy was not, he was pretty different looking character too so it was kinda... <laughs> yeah uh, yeah there's, I, it's it's fucking odd when you get into a situation like that where you're just kind of like i th- this person's looks weird is acting weird it's a fucking weird situation and i'm not sure how to react to this but like they're, they're not giving you any reason to actually run away but at the same exactly. time exactly right? uh I... 
Please they, explain yourself. I'm not sure if I even told any of you guys about it uh, at Last Maker Central, but Al, Al will know the route that was taken from the Hilton to get back to the places that we were staying. You remember that insanely roundabout oh, yeah, way yeah, of yeah, going yeah. through the NEC? Yeah. And then we walked like, we saw the security guards and they're like, okay, well, we know you're here. You can, you know, walk down under the thing that says no people <laughs> can come through here with all the signs everywhere. Um, I can't remember which night it was, but it was like the night after I had walked back to the hotels with you. And I was by myself and it was relatively late at night. I'm in England walking between the Hilton Hotel and what is probably a mile to the hotel that I was staying at. And it's through the underbelly of the NEC that we were directed by the security people. And I'm walking through all of these roads and it's late. And I'm like, oh my God, I just want to get home. And I start hearing footsteps behind me, which was initially off-putting because there was no one else around and there's no noise because it's the event center. Um, and it's going to be difficult to kind of describe what the situation was. Al, you're going to have to vouch for me. But do you recall <laughs> the staircase that we had to go up inside yeah. to get oh, to? Fuck. Yes. Yeah. 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 So there was a staircase on the backside of the event center that we didn't know when Al and I were walking. We didn't know if the doors would open. Luckily, they did. And then you have to walk away. You have to walk across the road through this breezeway or whatever the hell it is that connects you to the trains on the other side or like the mass transit. So I hear the footsteps and they're getting a little bit closer. I had my backpack on my back with my hammer in it because I had just done the forging stuff that day with uh, Steve and the footsteps get closer or whatever. And I look over my shoulder and there's a guy in a collared shirt with a backpack slung over his shoulder. And I remember just kind of thinking to myself like, all right, I have a hammer in my backpack and like, <laughs> I have no idea why this guy is going in this direction. Like no one should be following me right now. There is no one should be doing this. There's I an easier you way. You, me this. you get an Uber <laughs> yeah. to the other side. Like I am clearly doing this with the direction of the security guards. <laughs> and the foot, the guy just starts like walking faster. And I look over my shoulder a couple of times and he, it, it's not a scary looking guy. He's just like general fucking human, but it's not anybody that came from the Hilton. So it wasn't somebody that like I recognized. was like, Oh, you were at the event today. So anyway, I turn this corner to go to the staircase out. I turn this corner of this little road and I lose sight of him. So I drop my backpack on the ground and I grab my hammer and the guy walks around the corner and I'm just standing, staring at him with the hammer in my hand. And I've got my hands up. I've got my hands up and my hammer is in my hand. And I was like, <laughs> I go, I go, look, man, if you're going to follow me, like, let's fucking do this or whatever. I can't even remember what I said in that moment, but it was very just like, what are we going to do? And he goes, he looks at me just like deer in headlights. And he goes, yeah. I'm late for my train. Please don't hurt me. And I was like, <laughs> oh, so you're the creeper in the situation. Yeah, I was the yeah. creeper. You're the guy with the can in his hand. Yeah, oh, no God. shit. And like, I can't imagine that the guy 
it was an awkward exchange. We clearly like, I just started laughing. I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he was like, no, it's okay. But he clearly like kept his distance as he walked around me. And then I was like, just go ahead that way. Like, you know, I'm not trying to follow you. And I was like, wait, Uh, but if he goes first, then I'm totally following him. Like, fuck. (laughs) I got so awkward in this situation, but it was just, it was like super late at night at the event i didn't know anything about where i was going where am aside I? From, yeah <laughs> but in my mind the best thing i could have done in that situation was drop my bag and stare a stranger down while, while holding a hammer <laughs> with a hammer he's a computer yeah. programmer named Which, ben ben yeah. i'm sorry <laughs> yeah if he's listening i'm so sorry for upsetting you and then i saw him like running because he almost missed the train i felt like such an asshole <laughs> As well, you should. Yeah. Yep. And I remember just getting back to my hotel and and sitting on the bed and just going, "Well, that was an interesting way to end the night." <laughs> See, I I remember that same year walking along, and there's obviously there's fucking thousands of people like going to and from the the convention center and all this, and uh, I'm walking along and being like acutely aware that we were walking quite close to Rasmus. Who had like six knives just hanging from his belt, <laughs> which over here is not yeah. kind of socially acceptable. And uh, I just like letting him get a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further, until he was like a good six foot away. I'd be like, I, I, I feel a little bit safer now. Like people aren't looking directly at me. <laughs> but uh, why yeah. do you need six knives? Because uh, it's Rasmus. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he's a boy. You meet him in real life and realize that trying to discuss, well, you know, maybe you could just have one knife. No, there's a reason. <laughs> there's a historical reason for every knife that he's got on this person. Yeah, I, I was, I was, me- I was meeting him in the pub um, when I picked him up when he was yeah. visiting the other week. Um, apart from I didn't meet him in the pub, he was stood outside the pub for half an hour um, because they wouldn't let him in because he had a belt full of knives and <laughs> a, ba- a bag full of hammers. <laughs> and, and didn't und- and and was dressed in a fucking full length leather trench coat and this like fucking hat like something out of a Stephen King novel and he's and, and he's and he's just wondering why this like poor like Asian bouncer in Leeds doesn't understand who, who, what the fuck is going on and why this guy wants to get into a, like a really busy Irish pub on Friday night yeah. <laughs> like some sort of fucking Norwegian hitman oh <laughs> man oh, I love him oh, God. And saying that, like I remember uh, when um, Frederick came over from uh, Sweden for the the axe making class, and uh, and he came over on his motorbike and had like twin axe handles sticking out of each side of his backpack, so it looked like he had fucking samurai swords on, nice. and like three hammers down each side of his backpack. He's just there on this motorbike, this like short, angry-looking Viking <laughs> with fucking hammers and axes everywhere. It's like. How how did you not get pulled over and stopped every five minutes? But, <laughs> That's but yeah, hilarious. He's, he's a good boy. Oh, man. Yeah, similar to the walking home thing, something happened to me back uh, back when I was working in kitchens, um, and I was like, didn't have a car, didn't have anything. Like, used to, so I used to walk to and to and from work every day. So like leaving the kitchen at night time yeah. when everyone's pissed and you're not. It's oh, a fucking it's nightmare because you've always got to walk through. Steve, you'll know. You've always got yeah. to walk through this fucking shit every time. So I got into that kind of like, don't fucking look at me, don't talk to me. I'm not drunk. I'm not in the fucking mood kind of zone. Yeah. Um, and then I remember walking down the street, and then I walked past these two guys, and they threw eggs at me. 
<sighs> like, and I just finished work. I was like, fuck's sake. So in my civvies and I'm just covered in eggs. And I turned around and they didn't even look back. And like one of them was shorter than me and one of them was taller than me. And in my yeah. head, I worked it out that I could then take them both because they canceled <laughs> each other yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> That's exactly so, what I, I would have did the exact same thing. So I like, I, I grabbed them from behind and like yep. sort of dragged them and they spun around. And then I've got both of them, like one like left hand low down, right hand high up like this by yeah. the scruff of the neck. And these two guys are looking at me like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm, I'm furious. I'm like dripping in egg. I'm I'm like really short tempered because I've been at work and it's like fucking what like you ready one to go in the home? morning. Yeah, like one o'clock in the morning. I'm fucking exhausted, and obviously like I'm a chef, so I look like a fucking heroin addict. And and I'm, I'm just and these guys have no idea what's going on. And then basically like a car's driving off like 100 meters in the distance, going yeah. ah wankers, and then basically <laughs> driving down the street just egging people like drive by. <laughs> these two guys, I was just like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I was begging them to let me go buy them a drink. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say when you had the short one and the tall one. You went into pure Sherlock Holmes and you were like, elbow oh. to the thorax, <laughs> the hippies, to the rib cage, knee, right knee, left groin. <laughs> like, out, out for 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, oh, shit. I can remember you... being um, working at uh, Glastonbury one year. And um, Dormant. Like, working at Glastonbury is, is great fun because it's like the first few days, there's no one else there. Um, so it's it's really nice and chilled out, and you've got the security compound, which is um, uh, like a completely separate area. And for uh, up until like the Wednesday before, there's barely anyone in there, so it's quite a lot of room. Everyone that's working there is, you know, everyone's doing eighteen-hour shifts. They all know what the score is. Once you're in the compound, you make no noise. You get in your tent, tent you go to sleep. If you want to stay up and have a chat, you fuck off somewhere else and do it, sort of thing. And um, and on the Wednesday night, I got back and I'd left and there was like maybe 60 tents in this compound. And I get back and there's like 400 plus absolutely fucking rammed with uh, like stewards who are just doing like one, maybe two shifts and they get a free ticket. And that's the only reason they're there, they're there sort of thing. And um, and they like to you know have a few drinks because they're like, oh, we're here to party and all this. And uh and they, like, everyone had been warned, like, people are going to be tired. Don't don't piss off the security because there's a lot of them and, and they won't take it very kindly. And um, and so I got up, I got in my tent and there's like a little bit of like laughter and chatting. I'm like, it's, it's a little bit of background noise. That's fine. And um, I just got myself out of my uniform and I'm like, what the fuck? What? Is it suddenly raining? I can hear like water um, oh, like, streaming. And uh, I was like, Nope, someone's having a piss next to my tent. <laughs> and I just burst out of my tent and I've just walked like a mile and a half to get back to the uh, thing. So I'm hot and I'm sweaty and it's like midsummer, so it's just cold enough. But I come out of the tent and I've got steam coming off of my body where I've been sweating. Oh my and God. And this poor girl is just there like a fucking rabbit in headlights. What the fuck are you doing? And just kind of like. Completely avoids eye contact and just walks and just keeps walking. I was like, "You dirty fucking!" Uh, and uh, so I get back in the tent. I'm like, "No, it's it's fine. I'm just gonna go to sleep. Just got a few more days, and I can go home. It's fine." And uh, and I've left there, and this like level of like laughter and chatting just like slowly starts building up, and then drops back down, and builds up, and then drops back down, and builds up. 
And he just got to the point where I just sat up in the tent and just went, would you shut the fuck up? <laughs> and it was great because you just had this one girl just go, Meow! and that was it, like instant silence. And then uh, like three other uh, door staff just started like slow clapping, like, thank you. Fucking uh, great. Sounds a bit like Maker's Camp. Yeah. Uh, Al, you're <laughs> muted. Yeah, you're <laughs> there we go. You're <laughs> we just see you saying stuff and welcome to the internet. <laughs> if only I had not been doing that all fucking day at work today. <laughs> but uh, oh shit, yeah. I remember uh, speaking of uh, dodgy stories though about getting followed. I, um, I when I was like eighteen, I went and stayed in um, in LA for a few weeks. And we ended up going down to, uh, it was Tijuana, Rosarito, and Ensenada, I think. And um, But we got down there, and it was during spring break as well. So it was absolute fucking chaos the entire time. And I just remember being in this one club, and it was this weird, like, beach bar that had, like, multiple levels. It was all open air. It was on the beach. There was like a bucking bronco and a volleyball net and all this. And we'd got in there quite early in the day and just had like some um, some fries and some shots and stuff. And the last thing I kind of remember is being stood at the bar. The guys that I was there with had all gone back to the hotel. And, uh, and I was stood like trying to get to the bar. It was like six people deep. And there was this guy that got up on stage in this fucking like pimp suit with about four girls in bikinis uh behind him on the bar saying something about a drinking competition and me just being half cut going yeah i'll do it and i'll win because i'm english <laughs> and all of you are american and i'll win and this guy next to me being like yeah he'll do it he's english and uh oh, god. <laughs> oh my god that? that was horrible yeah. what was that <laughs> yeah, that was he's what the guy and, uh, a lot of Irish pirates. Right, right, right. It must have been. I, I just remember, like that—that's it. And then the next thing I know, I'm walking down this street, like away from the club. But I can't remember getting out of the club or anything about that. And I'm walking along, and I can just see, uh, like, this chicken wire fence, and then I can see the beach, and and all the buildings on the other side of me, like walking down, uh, all like boarded up and all like look fucking really fucking dodgy looking buildings and i'm like beating on this chicken wire fence because i can see my hotel a bit further down the beach i'm like no i need to get through there and this cop comes up to me and you know during spring break they're they tend to be a little bit friendlier and he's like no no you need to go back up that way like turn around and, and fuck off sort of thing so eventually he convinced me convinces me that i need to turn around and go so i turn around i start walking and uh I've been going for however long I've been going for. I was like, right, I need to sit down and sat down. And I just see this fucking van pull up next to me or pull up like a few houses up and uh, some guys get out and I'm like trying to focus going like, yeah, must be fishermen. They're all holding these really big fish. Did they ask you if you wanted candy? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, so I'm like, oh, well, this is a bit fucking early for fishermen, isn't it? And my eyes start to focus a bit more. And it's like, oh, no, that, that, that's not fishermen. That's automatic rifles. Fuck. What? Yeah. So I'm, I, I can't remember. I remember it being automatic rifles, whether they were in uniform or whether it was not in uniform. I just remember going like, 
I'm going to leave now. I'm going to go. I just stood up. I've never sobered up so quickly in my life. I bet you I bet you didn't go, fuck yeah, I'm English. Man, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I was straight out. Like, straight back out onto the main drag. Like, got about half a mile down the road. And then was like, okay, I, I can breathe now. I can breathe. And just went straight to a taco stand. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah, I, did you ever find out what it was? No, fuck like, no. I didn't go back. <sighs> Oh my gosh, I would have had to go look from afar. I would have had to like peer, <laughs> I would have had to figure out. But then that's how you witness murders. That's how exactly. murders are witnessed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nick, I'm just a little bit more curious about the situation, and now you're in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm realizing or I'm reminded by that story though, Steve. I think my dodgiest times were I feel like every single one of them was during that long trip I did for the TV show that I showed you guys, the crazy Africa trip. Oh, like, yeah. So I can't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but really quick version is I did a, I filmed a TV show traveling from Berlin, Germany to Cape Town, South Africa in 2010 following the World Cup. And we were, you know, we had a cast and they were hanging out with the locals and watching World Cup games. And it was super fun. And I'm not going to go into like crazy detail about it. But during the trip, it was nothing but, you know, like horrible malicious situations and lots of corruption and bribery and all of these things that we didn't know what we were getting into. We were there were 12 of us when we started. And when we got to Cape Town, there were six. Um, it's not because everybody was killed, but people just started leaving because it was like too sketchy and no one wanted to be involved anymore. And like money was, you know, going away really quickly. Uh, I got arrested twice. The second time was an assault rifle situation of like, you have to sit on the curb in these zip ties while I hold this assault rifle in your direction. I'm like, Oh my God, because I was holding the camera. Um, Did the show over air? Yeah. Well, it was like a limited air yeah. in some countries, but you can go on Amazon prime and watch it. You can watch all of it. It's called rec Trek W R E C K Trek T R E K. I think I'm in a couple episodes and just looking scrubby, scrubby, scrubby. And it was 10 years ago. So the, the dodginess that came out of it was the, like I didn't really know the local language. It was mostly French-speaking countries that we were going through. We had heard ahead of time that the military was horrible and basically they're untrustworthy or there's just a lot of corruption going on. So briberies were very typical at border crossings and paperwork places that would say like, oh, you don't have the proper paperwork. And you go, yeah, we do, like from the government. And they go, no, we need the right paperwork. And you're like, oh, okay, uh... you want money. Or like cartons of cigarettes or whatever the hell we could do to, you know, pass the time or get by. Um, I do remember that like the the worst probably hour of the entire three and a half months that I was doing the thing was we had been sat on the Brazzaville side of the Congo River. So Brazzaville and Kinshasa separated by the Congo. We were waiting to ferry our cars over, which we were told we could do. You put your ferry on a little boat, takes them over to the Kinshasa side. And we had been there for a week because they kept telling us paperwork wasn't right. And we kept bribing them and doing all kinds of random shit because they were just holding us there because we were Americans and fuck us. Anyways, we had a British guy, but he never pulled the I'm English card. So crazy. 
Um, Did you tell them you were a pirate? Uh, <laughs> I had a world map on my shirt, actually. I remember that specifically because I traded it with the guy who feeds into the story. Uh, we were getting into our cars. like It was final situation, and they were like, all right, we're putting your cars on the boats. And we were so fucking excited because it had been a week, and we were told that it would take hours. It took a week. So I had made friends with one of the local guys that worked down on the docks, and he was gigantic. And he happened to take a real liking to this super pale white guy that was hanging out in Brazzaville. And super nice guy like we ate lunch together a couple times and just talked in broken french and broken english the last 30 minutes that we were on the dock they were loading our cars on we were getting excited we were saying bye to some of the guys that we had talked to and some of the locals that spoke english and i'm talking to my my guy who i've since forgotten his name which i feel kind of bad about but um I actually, he asked if he could trade me shirts as like a gift exchange. Like, hey, we're brothers now. Like, it's been nice to meet you. So we traded shirts and I still have the old busted shirt that looks like it's just been through hell. I love this thing. While I'm taking the shirt off, a dude reaches into my pocket while I've got my shirt halfway off my head and I feel a hand go into my pocket and I rip the shirt off, you know, over my face as quick as I can and I look. And in that moment in time, you know, it's like my passport is like slid into my wallet and I'm, I freaked out for 20 seconds and I look and my guy that I've exchanged t-shirts with just runs this dude down and just pummels him and grabs my stuff, (laughs) runs up to me, hands it to me, shoves me into the car like a police, you know, from from a movie, just shoves me into the car and in very broken English. It was something along the lines of get out of here as fast as possible. And I'm like, our cars are being set on a boat. I can't move any faster than what I'm currently doing. <laughs> row, row, row. Yeah. And the the real like the ending to the situation of like this huge ramp up in my, you know, my adrenaline's all going and we're like finally leaving this place. I'm waving to the guy while we're being ferried off. When we got to the other side, uh Something had happened through communications where we ran into a diplomat from... He was a Lebanese diplomat who was from Michigan who was doing some foreign relations stuff because there's a UN building on the Kinshasa side that we were very close to. And the guy stops us. He was like, are you the group from the United States? And we were like, yes. He, he grabs all <laughs> he of us. He at you and said, are you the group from the United States? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He walks us into there's there's a head chef right everywhere there's always a chef uh, all of these military guys so he takes us into the chef's office and is like right uh, this man requires you know two hundred sefa or you know two hundred francs or whatever from each of you guys and we're going to be putting you in a car and taking you to your hostel so like all of this on the other side we're just like do we believe this guy or not. Uh, everything in the situation like we're finally over on the other side of the river freaked out whatever we like threw money down on the table the guy gave us some like bullshit paperwork and slid it to us and that guy who was a legit diplomat like he had a united states black passport um goes i don't know if any of you have diplomatic passports or anything like that but um they make black booklets 
you know, and sell them at a couple places that you could put around your passport and it might help you get through because the Kinshasa people don't know if it's like the black cover versus like a black actual cover that you just slide it into. And he gave us like a handful of really rapid fire advice on how to kind of illegally get through Kinshasa and then just push me out the door with my friends and was just like, leave this place as soon as humanly possible. (laughs) And then just walked back into the darkness that was like the chef's room. So for an hour of my life, I remember being like pickpocketed, then watching a guy basically assault the guy who pickpocketed me, shoved into a car, pushed across to another country across the river, like shoved through a military checkpoint illegally, I imagine, and then sat up at a hostel within like an hour's time and just being like, Jesus, I don't know how I ended up here. And then we, we basically got the fuck out of Kinshasa as fast as we possibly could. The last two weeks of the trip were terrifying and it just felt <laughs> wrought with danger. And also like, I'm pretty sure we're off the books. A lot of what we're doing right. is probably yeah. illegal. And, you know, here we are 10 years later. I still have the t-shirt of the guy that I, that I watched punch a dude in the face to get my <laughs> wallet back. That's crazy. It is. Um, it was like a moment of my life, an hour of my life that was sketchy as fuck. I'll never forget it. And I was completely not in control of the situation in any capacity. Where was yeah. that at again? That was in. So there's a ferry crossing between Brazzaville and Kinshasa. Uh, and it's all Congo and DRC shit, which is just uh, it's yeah. it's a rough spot. They have a ton of military corruption. No yeah. one plays by the rules, and it's it's very, very sketchy. And I still, like, it's 10 years later, and I can remember it like it happened fucking yesterday. Just yeah. how terrified I was. Well, 10 yeah. years ago, it was just like, what, 99? 1999? <laughs> exactly. 2000. <laughs> you got it. Math checks out, Chris. Yep. At the end of the day, though, you know, the fact that you, you managed to get through it, you're good, you're safe now, and, and you've got those those memories. Because that's the thing, is being able to look back on it, that, that spiffing. Okay, cool. In which case, Al, do you have an order? Yeah, it's Basque. So Chris is oh, Basque. you're going to make me go Ooh. first. Yes. On, the, the word I didn't even necessarily say I was ready. Oh, that's true. Oh. He didn't. That's okay. I know who I'm going to go with. So you know the system. It's been three years. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe a respiff. Honestly, can't quite remember. Sorry. Shocker there. Um, yeah. I had the pleasure of working on a new logo and branding situation. Some of you guys may have seen it, and I know I talked about it on the last podcast. But Christy from Twisted, Twisted Wine Woodworking is posting a lot more Instagram stuff. Um, she's talking about her shop and all the things that she wants to do. Um, we've been very chatty since kind of finalizing her design and she's got tons of stuff going on and I'm very excited for her. She's a delightful person. And honestly, it's, it was a fun project to work on with her. And the story behind her name was really interesting, which led to the design that we came up with, but, She's genuinely one of my favorite people that I've had the opportunity to meet over the last couple of years doing all this maker stuff. We met at Jimmy's for a class and she did some blacksmithing at maker camp and she's just like this 
fearless, upbeat, <laughs> positive lady that is so delightful. Fucking I will full of energy and life. She's awesome. Yes. I have to I have to make this funny little note though. Um may have been watching a bit of Criminal Minds over the last few weeks. Uh which if you haven't watched it, it's this brilliant FBI like murder mystery detective, all kinds of fantastic shit. Joe Montana's in it. Makes it worth I said it. Joe Montana. Joe Montana. <laughs> um but there's they always do this profiling, you know, based on people's handwriting and like, oh well, this person's clearly like disturbed and all these things. I remember hearing at some point in the past that people that write kind of upward, like if general handwriting, if you write and everything kind of angles upward, you're typically a positive or optimistic person. <laughs> I had Christy write out her own name, you know, of her company or whatever, and all of it was so darted up and to the right you're like oh my gosh she's just so happy just that's awesome so much positive energy yeah which could be a total bro- bullshit profile but you know it's not. in my mind it just it uh reiterates the fact that she's just a she's just a ball of goodness yeah <laughs> yes, so christy twisted tine woodworking followers she's doing she just passed a thousand followers congratulations awesome. yeah, she's got a lot of good stuff going on i'm excited Very for it. good shouts on that one yeah that's uh, it. Al, I can't remember the order. What was the order? Ask <laughs> in the glory. Ah, yes, which means you're next. Um, I don't know if I've missed the boat on this, so apologize if everybody already knows this. It could just been one of those internet phenomenon phenomenons, phenomenons that passed me by. Something um, like a phenomenon. <laughs> I am spiffing an institution, but more specifically a security guard that works at a said institution. And it's the National Cowboy Museum in Oklahoma. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so, basically, the, the National Cowboy Museum in Oklahoma, more specifically the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, um, obviously, like everything else around the fucking world, is closed down. Yeah. Um, and, basically, they've put the security guard in charge of their social media. Oh, my God. And it's fucking amazing. Like, he has no idea how any of it works. And, like, you just go on their Twitter feed, which is N- NCWHM. And just go back to the start of the feed, and the guy's called Tim, and he's fucking glorious. Um, they've got the same feed on Instagram, but it doesn't kind of read as well as Twitter because it's more about what he writes, which is just amazing. Yeah. Um, and he like so he like he writes the word hashtag, so he doesn't know what a hashtag is. Oh yes, he does. <laughs> hashtag the cowboy. <laughs> And, and and it's all like really polite, and and he 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 ends every tweet with like thanks Tim, and, thanks, and it's Tim. just yeah. him like just. Dis- describing shit in the museum like and you can just tell he just has no idea but he's like so sweet and humble and he's just he's just writing stuff from like the point of view of like people in the photographs and like uh the hats in the display and stuff like that it's just it's just fucking amazing um, very cool awesome. very cool very cool photography exhibition uh from dorothea lang uh politics of seeing things through through her eyes uh this is a photo of her. She looks like someone I'd like to have a beer with. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I like his photo of Sam Elliott has a little blurb, but at the end it just says quality mustache. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> like um, a lot of followers are asking me to do a TikTok, so he just takes a picture of a clock in the museum. <laughs> <laughs> There's the one Kevin Costner. Got to meet Kevin Costner at last year's Western Heritage Awards. He was very funny. Unfortunately, there there were no dancing at the awards or wolves. 
Thanks, Tim. Hashtag <laughs> the cowboy. <laughs> so that's my spiff. Oh my god. So the National Cowboy Museum, really? but more specifically, Tim. I, yeah. I wonder if it's all stick or if it's like if it's real. Because you know like I, how some yeah, of the yeah, for sure. you some of the brands will have like No, that that's gotta be right. Because it's... on the eighteenth of March it's Twitter tips, please. And then the next one was, sorry, I thought I was Googling that. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> oh, my God. That is awesome. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Oh, He's just sending, man. like, direct tweets to, like, his, his grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, this is, have a good night's sleep. This is <laughs> genuine. Lucas, is can you read this? Yeah, this is genuinely a good follow. This is hilarious. Whatever the National Cowboy <laughs> Museum was doing before, stop doing it and let Tim keep doing yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing! You want people interested in the cowboy museum? That's the way to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking brilliant! Wow! Oh, right, Steve, yeah. you're up. Very good shout on that one. Uh, I am, and I'm going to go with. Um, so I was on uh, YouTube the other day, and basically because of everything that's happening in the news at the moment, um, Jazz has been getting like her anxiety has been playing up a little bit more than normal, and I've literally had to take her ipad off of her to stop her from looking at social media a few times because she's been working herself into a frenzy and um and to kind of take her mind off of it i will quite often just like put some animals or puppies or something on youtube just to kind of distract her with fluffy things and um uh while i was doing that i found the because I don't watch live TV anymore, this has completely missed me, uh, passed me by, but um, there's a TV show on the BBC called Spy in the Wild, where they make, like, animatronic animals and stick cameras in their eyes. Oh, yes, the gorilla. Yes. The baby gorilla. Fucking amazing. Did you see the turtle, though? No. So they, they made what? this turtle that's, like, a full animatronic turtle that can crawl up the beach and everything to get photos of and this is a turtle, not a tortoise. You Americans, they get it wrong all the time. <laughs> and uh, so this turtle that can like crawl up the beach and it's there while everyone else is laying eggs and everything. And then because they didn't want it to feel left out, there's a, a clip of the, tur- of the animatronic turtle laying eggs out of the, the most horrible looking egg shoot you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> like, you remember that scene in Jurassic Park where the animal just plops out an egg? It's like that, but oh. I, I thought know. you were going to say when Jim Carrey was crawling out of the. <laughs> <laughs> but even the eggs that it drops have little cameras in it, um, oh. and there's there's one of a squirrel, and it's this little squirrel, and the other girls go Real. running up to it and like try and steal the nut out off of its hands, and, and it's fucking hilarious. So either. <laughs> Go and watch the uh, the full BBC documentary, which is still on iPlayer, or just go onto YouTube and just type in "Spy in the Wild" because there are some fucking amazing Glorious. clips in there, and it's it's heartwarming and lovely. <laughs> that uh, is crazy sounding. Right, Chris, you are up. I am up, and of course, you know it's going to be blacksmithing related, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about underrated before. This guy, I just know him from Instagram. We've talked back and forth a couple times. Max underscore Randolph underscore studios. Max Randolph Studios. He's a uh, artist blacksmith out in California. 
But take the blacksmith away because this guy is a freaking artist. He does these drawings before he actually Ooh, starts working on what he's doing. And if you go through his feed, he's a master at the torch. So like these big giant gears and stuff, oh, he, yeah. he actually cuts them out of a torch with, you know, out of a piece of plate with a torch, which is insane because his cuts are amazing looking. But he did these. Uh, the reason I found him, I found him last year. He was doing these dwarf doors. He was calling them or dwarven doors or something like that. But it yeah. looked like it was ripped out of something straight out of the Shire from like Lord of the Rings or something. And he does this crazy uh, gear driven doors where everything's like, he makes all his own mechanisms and he's not, he's not your typical uh, stick something in the coal forge and forge it. He like does a bunch of different uh, work with steel and he's crazy, crazy nice guy. I've talked to him a couple of times. He posts some really good stories sometimes where he's actually the other day, yeah. He was playing. Then, I mean, the photography on it is fucking brilliant as well. Yeah, and as far as I can tell, it's he's just a one man team. It's just him, and occasionally he'll have a helper come in. And <laughs> yeah, so, but, yeah, so Chris, I remember you through the feed, and there's a picture of his two dogs, but both of them wearing safety glasses, and it's fucking yeah. Weird. Chris, I remember you showing me this gentleman when we were making the anchor because they were working on the Hobbit door door yeah. door thing. Yeah, which if this... you go back and look at the clips of them of him working out of his garage, which it appears to be, yeah. I mean, it's not a it's not a huge giant industrial shop like you would think he'd be making these giant things in, but um, yeah, the door, the scale of the door, and he's like I said, one man team. Yeah. You can see all the rigging that he does in his shop to carry all this big giant chunk iron he works on, and yeah, his feet's great. Anvil he's using as well. Yeah, he's he's uh, super underrated, underrated. So Max Randolph Studios, there's some underscores in there, but you can find him. He's out in California too, Brett. Nice. So, yeah, California's so a big state, Chris. Paso, <laughs> Paso, he's, he's only Paso, six hours away from you. <laughs> that's not bad though, six hours. Paso Robles. Yeah, Paso yeah, Robles. that's a definite follow. Good yeah. shout. Uh, right, is there any other business? We were going to do this the other day, and Steve bailed because he had to take 12 and a half hours to build a desk. But I oh, want to say to everybody out there, stay calm. This is going to pass. It'll all be over soon. Stay positive. Keep working. Now is the time to work harder than ever, especially if your shop's at home and you're a maker. Go make a bunch of shit. It'll make you happy. That's it. A. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it's what i'm doing right now we're building up stock and building up yeah. stock and building up stock because when all this passes we gotta have stuff to sell again right yeah yeah exactly so, yeah um <laughs> and i just want to put in one other quick aob uh which is if you don't already listen to knife talk podcast which you really should because those guys are lovely uh but uh, Craig from Chop Knives has put together, if you've got kids, um, I think it's like 3 to 12 or something like that, um, and you're having to do some home homeschooling, uh, Craig has put together a load of videos um, by a huge amount of people um, for education, and there's all kinds of stuff on there. It's not just... In fact, I don't think there's any uh, like traditional... like maths and english it's it's everything else as well um yeah it's www.bsquare.education um go and check it out uh 
it's been put up, and I mean, the guy put it together in like an evening after he'd driven for 15 hours. So I'm massively impressed with that as well. But yeah, there's lots of good stuff out there if you if you need help for things like this. And you know, if you've got kids at home and you need to give them something to watch, then go do it. Uh, that's it. Uh, anything from you two? No. Cool. Oh, can I say one more thing? No. I'm going to say one more thing. Yeah. You had your chance. <laughs> <laughs> you had your chance. This shit that's going around on social media right now with the support, this, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that shit that's going on in the stories and people are sending messages. Go support those people like before there's a freaking pandemic <laughs> bullshit going on. Yeah. Like, you want to support people? Go buy their shit. That's how you support them. Don't repost their shit. Go buy their shit. That's how you, <laughs> that's how you support them. I have a, So I have a stockpile of stuff. I'm going to do it probably tonight or tomorrow of all the shit that I've been buying from all these different makers. That's how you support people. You don't You don't just, like, repost stories and repost their, their feed. And you should be doing that shit anyway. Go buy their shit, people. That's it. <laughs> that's all I have to say. <laughs> God, you sound like Jeff Fader. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, and if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. You can find Chris at Mount underscore Philip underscore Metal underscore 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 yeah. underscore underscore. Uh, Mount Philip Um uh, Yeah, go find him and give him a follow. And of course, you can find Al at Al's Hackshack. Go buy their uh, shit! Go, go, go. go buy their shit. There you go. Uh, if you want to find us as a group, it's uh, Fools of Tools. Just fucking search it. It's not hard. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's it. We love you all. We shall see you anon. Stay safe. Wash your fucking hands. Go buy their shit. Wash your hands. Yeah. All right. Love you. Bye! Bye! That's it for the Axe and Iron podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs> yeah.